Hello and welcome to another edition of the Be Bullish podcast. I'm Alex Ely, CIO of the U.S. Growth Equity Team, here to review the news that matters and the news that doesn't when it comes to the equity markets. Uh, first off, the good news, uh, the COVID numbers continue to come down really across the board, around the world, in the U.S., uh, in the states that were most affected or have the, the least vaccinated people. Uh, it's it's really, they're really starting to come down significantly. This is, of course, great news. Mask mandates are beginning to be lifted. Travel restrictions are, are coming off. This gives everybody more visibility on the reopening. And, and that is, of course, good news for certain parts of the equity markets, particularly those on the value side. Companies that are involved with the crowd, like airlines, cruise lines, hotels, theme parks, and so forth, those names are outperforming on a relative basis. And in general, it gives people confidence that the economy uh, is going to, to continue to expand and continue to, to do well. Um, all of this has treasury yields ticking up a little bit. Yields on the 10-year T-bond, uh, the, the most popular bond that people look at, uh, have gone from about 1.25% up to about 1.5%. So of significance, but still very low, being only at 1.5%. The other portion that's that's been what I believe increasing uh, where rates are is this conversation that we've had about the debt ceiling. The debt ceiling is, is in essence, a law that's been put forth by Congress uh, years ago that keeps the government from continually increasing the amount of debt that they can take out. And it makes them, in essence, have to justify why debt continues to increase and, and tries to put limits on spending in some way or another. If we don't continue to fund the debt, then government spending theoretically would be shut off. And right now, Janet Yellen, our Treasury Secretary, has said we're, that the government is going to run out of money sometime around October 18th. Uh, on its on the surface, this sounds like something that, that would be uh, very concerning, but it's not. Um, in essence, this is just political um, infighting that's happening here. Um, they're going to have to pay for their debts. And in essence, you have to pay for the stuff that you've already approved. It's just a matter of time before they do. Republicans are just looking for a chit here to, in essence, uh, get something for raising the debt limit, which they'll get, and it'll probably come a couple of weeks from now, and this debt ceiling issue will go away. How do I know this? Because the government can't stop the government forever. Um, we tried this back in 2019 when uh, Trump shut down the government. It worked for one pay cycle. Uh, as they came up uh, on the second pay cycle, they started to have things like traffic controllers not to re report to work, and the airline industry started to have to shut down as a, as a result. Quickly, the government responded and, and started opened up the government again. Again, you'll see the same thing here, and this will be removed as an issue. All that said, the, the media will make a big deal about this. They'll highlight it and review it and talk to people about it. Um, it at the end, it won't matter. That's sort of the thing that you get from me a lot is that a lot of the news doesn't matter in the long run, and this is one of those things. That said, with rates increasing, you've seen a correction in growth companies and in some of the strategies that, that I run as a result. Um, that's because growth assets or growth companies are considered long duration assets, meaning they're levered to, to farther out in the future, just like long bonds are versus short bonds. Uh, growth is to value. Value is uh, more valued on what happened over the last couple of years and how much cash you have on hand. 
Growth is more valued on what's going to happen over the next couple of years. And if you increase rates significantly, that theoretically would make growth assets worth less. So as rates popped up on the issues of, in essence, COVID coming to an end and the debt ceiling issues that we, we've had, we saw a correction in growth. Now, the correction that happened really has nothing to do with fundamentals. It really gets forced through by quantitative strategies, hedge funds, uh, sell stops, things of that nature. And again, over the long run, won't matter. I consider it a, a mini correction uh, in growth versus value. We had the, a much greater growth to value rotation earlier in the year. This is not something that is going to uh, resume like it was earlier in the year. That rotation was the greatest that we had seen in, in uh, decades. So while we can see uh, days or weeks where things flip-flop between growth and value, um, it shouldn't be anything that's long-lasting in our view. Uh, again, news that's out there that'll get highlighted by the news media, but isn't really important uh, for the long run. What is important for the long run is continuing to focus on those areas of disruption within the economy. Some of the big areas are things like digital payments, which continue to boom uh, you know, increasingly over and over and over. Um, I'll give you an example um, of how this is switching. Uh, I had uh, lunch with my daughter uh, a couple of weeks ago and I went to pay in cash and she looked at me weird. And I, I was like, what? And she said, nobody uses cash anymore. It's gross. And it's true. That's how younger people look at it. They use digital payments. They use Venmo. They use PayPal. They use other ways to keep their money in digital wallets as opposed to using cash. And whatever young people do, that's where the world is headed. So we're moving away from cash to digital payments. And there's just years and years of growth to go uh, going forward on this. Similarly with banking, same thing. Young people don't go into banks. They use mobile financial services to send money, to deposit money, to take pictures of checks. So again, huge disruptions that are happening here. Other things like content, continuing to see huge changes in content, enormous number of jobs that are being created by streaming media, lots more to go here. We still have 80 million cable subs in the U.S., percentage of uh, people that come out of, get, of college and get cable is near 0%. Zero. They use streaming media options because they're cheaper. They're faster. They're more accessible. Uh, and there's many others. Um, virtual healthcare uh, and what you can do in terms of contacting uh, doctors remotely, massive efficiencies there. E-commerce, again, massive efficiencies. And we're still so early. That's the thing with all of this is that we are early and these transformations. Let me give you a stat on e-commerce. In the beginning of 2020, 43% of the adults in the US had never used e-commerce before. By the end of the year, that number was down to 11%. What a change that is. And once people start using e-commerce, they use it more and more and more. The amount of, that, of their wallet that goes towards e-commerce spend continues to expand. And as a result, lots of opportunities that are there as well. Software spending, also same thing. You're seeing it all the time. Hybrid working is, is really here to stay. We're not going back to work the same way we used to. I think about a third of the people will go back. A third of the people will work in a, in a hybrid way. And then a third will just stay home. And that means lots more software to support remote workers, whether it's security, telco, alerts, training, compliance, lots of verticals that are using more and more software in order to make their companies more efficient more competitive by improving their business model. Again, massive markets undergoing foundational change. Now this year, growth areas like this haven't gotten respected. 
And that's because growth has not been scarce. There's lots of areas of the market that are growing well because there was literally three quarters of the economy that was under some form of shutdown last year. This year, we're seeing them springing back. I mentioned airlines and, and hotels and things like that. They're seeing significant growth. As we go into 2022, those more value-oriented areas will normalize. And the growth-oriented areas that haven't worked this year and have had great revenue growth um, will will still have great revenue growth next year. Growth will be scarce again. And as it does, we believe things will swing back from value to growth. All these swings from growth to value, which has really been a highlight this year that people like to talk about, these are things that that we don't try to, to predict or guess at. You can't. I, I've been in the business a long period of time. I like to say that the, the street is full of either humble portfolio managers or portfolio managers who will soon be humbled. And that's why we don't try to call corrections. We don't try to call rotations. We focus on trying to create wealth over the long run. And we're confident that it comes from the leaders of the major disruptions of the day, some of which that I, I just outlined to you. So that, that's why we stay confident in where we are. I should mention just overall on the bull market, I realize this has been a significant run off the lows that we had on March of of last year. The S&P hasn't had a correction of more than 5% for almost a year now. So I understand that people will say that the market's highly valued or due for a correction or what have you. We just can't focus that way. These same people have been calling for a correction for months and months and months, and it hasn't happened. The way we look at it is we're a little over a year into a new bull market a little over a year into a new economic cycle. And the previous few economic cycles and bull markets have lasted eight to nine years on average, eight to nine years. So within a multi-year expansionary time like that and seeing so many large industries under foundational, uh, foundational change, that's what keeps us bullish. That's what keeps us so positive on growth so confident about the approach that we take and where we are going forward. And while I know this year has been a disappointing year for growth companies relative to value, and especially coming off such a strong year last year, we stay confident in where we're headed. Okay, last issue that I just wanted to mention was crypto. Um, continue to, uh, continues to be a really controversial area. We've seen uh, Bitcoin and other crypto coins come down um, with some significance over the last few weeks. And it's been uh, induced really by the restrictions that we're seeing out of China and comments from our, our own SEC chair. China is making crypto trades um, literally illegal by December 31st. So they're really moving aggressively to root out crypto trends within their economy. And within our economy, the SEC has repeated over and over and over again that there needs to be more regulation. These governments worry about tax evasion. They worry about money laundering. And also in general, as I've mentioned before, countries aren't going to want to give up the sovereignty of their currency. So as crypto grows bigger and bigger, that just increases the chance of regulation increases the chance that that um, there'll be curbs put on trading and 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 other things when it comes to crypto. So just something to watch out for. Uh, we don't have crypto investments. I'm cautious at best on them. I'm not saying don't own crypto. I'm just giving you the news that's out there in terms of regulation and the and the hurdles that crypto will have to go through for the years to come. Okay. With all that said, if you do have any questions for me, um, you can go to MAM Podcasts at Macquarie.com and send something in. 
I really appreciate you listening in. Have a great day. And thanks again for listening in to the Be Bullish podcast. This recording is intended for financial professionals and institutional investors only. This is not intended for use with the general public. The views expressed in this podcast represent those of the speaker and are subject to change. Nothing presented should be construed as a recommendation to purchase or sell any security or follow any investment technique or strategy and does not constitute advice, an advertisement, an invitation, a confirmation, an offer or a solicitation to engage in any investment activity or an offer of any banking or financial service. Throughout this presentation, various securities and companies are referenced. Examples given are for illustrative purposes only and were not chosen based on performance. This is not a recommendation to buy or sell any security. Investing involves risk, including the possible loss of principal. All examples herein are for illustrative purposes only and there can be no assurance that any particular investment objectives will be realized or any investment strategy seeking to achieve such objective will be successful. Past performance is not a reliable indication of future performance. Before acting on any information, you should consider the appropriateness of it with regard to your particular objectives, financial situation and needs, and seek advice. No representation or warranty, expressed or implied, is made as to the accuracy or completeness of the information, opinions, and conclusions presented. In preparing this recording, reliance has been placed without independent verification on the accuracy and the completeness of all information available from external sources. Macquarie Asset Management is the marketing name for the Asset Management Division of Macquarie Group. Investment products and advisory services are distributed and offered by and referred through affiliates, which include Delaware Distributors LP, a registered broker-dealer and member of the Financial Industry Regulatory Authority, and Macquarie Investment Management Business Trust, a Securities and Exchange Commission registered investment advisor. Investment advisory services are provided by a series of Macquarie Investment Management Business Trusts. Other than Macquarie Bank Limited, none of the entities noted in this podcast are authorized deposit-taking institutions for the purposes of the Banking Act of 1959 from the Commonwealth of Australia. The obligations of these entities do not represent deposits or other liabilities of Macquarie Bank Limited. Macquarie Bank Limited does not guarantee or otherwise provide assurance in respect of the obligations of these entities unless noted otherwise. 